Good evening. My name is Sarah Morant with the Government of Alberta, and I'll be your host tonight for this telephone town hall. Tonight I am joined by Minister of Indigenous Relations, Rick Wilson, Colin Blair, Executive Director of Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with the Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Peter Tufik, Officer in Charge of Community Safety and Wellbeing Branch for the Alberta RCMP, Dave Brown with Alberta Health Services, and in addition, I'm supported tonight from colleagues across many departments in the government of Alberta, including health, seniors, community and social services, education, jobs, economy and northern development, municipal affairs, environment and protected areas, indigenous relations, agriculture and irrigation, and mental health and addiction. Before we hear from our speaker, let me start by explaining how this town hall will work. Right now, Albertans whose communities have been affected by the wildfires are connecting to the call and will soon have a chance to answer your questions. You can get in line to ask a question right now or anytime during this call by pressing star three and you'll be connected to an operator who will ask your name and community. We ask that you try to keep your question brief because there are many people on the call tonight. I will be reading all of the questions out loud to ensure that our speakers can address as many as possible. Now, before I welcome Minister Wilson to say a few words, I'll just take a moment to remind everyone of some important information. To learn more about supports for evacuees and wildfire status updates, Please visit alberta.ca slash emergency or call 310-4455. As well, if you or someone in your community are seeking mental health support, we encourage you to dial 211 at any time to find those resources. Now I will ask Minister Wilson to please share a few opening remarks. Minister, please go ahead. Thank you so much and good evening, everyone. Uh, I wanna thank you for joining us and for participating in tonight's town hall meeting. This is an opportunity for you to ask pressing questions and to help you get the information you need during this really difficult time. Tonight I'm joined by representatives from across Alberta government, the RCMP and the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Before we take your questions, I'd like to start with a few reminders about the resources that are available and how best to access them. First, I want to again remind everyone who is evacuated to register with your local municipality online with the Alberta government. Registering makes it easier for us to connect you with resources and to give you local updates on your community. I recognize being away from home for long periods of time is deeply challenging. Many of you had to leave with little to no warning, taking only the necessities, but financial help is available. If you have been evacuated for seven more days, you are eligible for an emergency evacuation payment. These one-time payments can help ease the cost of being away from home and pay for the accommodations, food, and other necessities. Please go to alberta.ca, that's forward slash emergency, for information on how to apply. Applying online is the best way to get these payments. Our goal is to get this money to you as quickly as possible. 
So if you apply online, you will receive payment by e-transfer within 24 hours. However, if you are unable to receive an e-transfer, you can visit one of 16 Alberta support offices or reception centers in Edmonton or Calgary to get a prepaid debit card. If you need additional emergency support, you can also call 310-4455, and that's staffed 24-7. I encourage all evacuees who are eligible to apply for evacuation payments as soon as possible. I recognize many of you are eagerly waiting to hear when you're going to be able to go home. Unfortunately, the situation continues to be extremely volatile, and re-entry depends on the ever-evolving fire situation. So I must ask everyone to please continue to be patient. It's not safe to return until you've been given the go-ahead by your local authority. Our number one priority is to protect human lives, and it remains important that we all do our part to support these efforts. I know some of you are concerned about the safety of your homes and your property while you are evacuated. I can assure you that the local RCMP are patrolling and they are monitoring evacuated areas to minimize criminal activity. You can also check with the Alberta RCMP website to sign up for property alerts in your community, as well as find tips to ensure a safe re-entry when the time comes. I know it's difficult to be away from your homes and your community with so much uncertainty and so many unknowns. And I realize this is an incredibly stressful time for you. Please know that all of Albertans stand with you right now. And if you are feeling overwhelmed and in need of support, please reach out for help. You can call or text the word INFO, that's I-N-F-O, to 211 to be connected to online or local support services near you. Virtual counsel servicings are available through Counseling Alberta, and you can learn more at www.counselingalberta.com. That's counseling with two L's, alberta.com. If you have young ones and you need to speak to someone, they can call the Kids Helpline, and that's open 24-7. And that's 1-800-668-6868. 1-800-668-6868. They can also text CONNECT to, so just the word CONNECT, 686-868. And please ask for help when you need it. Stay in contact with your families, your friends and others in your support network, and lean on them for the support. In closing, I want to remind you to continue to stay in touch with your local government for updates and listen only to trusted and verified sources of information. Thank you so much everybody and your patience and for calling in this evening. And now we're gonna to get to your questions. Thank you so much, Minister Wilson. And if you would like to ask a question right now or anytime during the call to any of our officials, you can do so by pressing star three and you'll be connected to an operator. For those of you who are just joining us, my name is Sarah and I am your host tonight. And joining me this evening are Minister of Indigenous Relations, Rick Wilson, Colin Blair, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Peter Tufik, Officer in Charge of Community Safety and Wellbeing Branch for the Alberta RCMP, and Dave Brown with Alberta Health Services. In addition, I'm supported tonight with colleagues from many departments across the government of Alberta, including the Department of Health, Seniors, Community and Social Services, Education, 
jobs, economy, and northern development, municipal affairs, environment and protected areas, indigenous relations, agriculture and irrigation, and mental health and addiction. Tonight, we're talking about the changing wildfire situation with communities who've been affected by evacuation orders. And if you have a question right now or anytime, please press star three on your phone to connect to the conversation. Now, let's get to our first question of the evening. This question was submitted online by Sam, and the question says, what is the fire status in Fox Creek? So I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Good evening, Sam. Uh, the fire near Fox Creek is, is the Eagle Complex, and there's actually two uh, wildfires there that we're uh, fighting uh, with the same resources, fighting them as one uh, fire. It gives us a chance to more efficiently use how we, how we uh, use our firefighting resources. Um, it is currently uh, classified as out of control. Um, one fire is 58,000 uh, hectares, 858 and the other is 28,959. Um, the fire did cross the highway yesterday to the west and it grew on that side about 100 hectares, but we did have helicopters working that area today. And I understand vehicles are still being piloted along Highway 43 there because of the heavy smoke in the area. Um, but we did see minimal growth on the south flank around town. Uh, with the smoky conditions, um, I have addressed this before, sometimes the smoke can act as a kind of cloud cover and it can bring down the temperature, uh, which can mean that there's less fire behavior than we would see on a really, really hot uh, and clear day. So uh, it, it is it was a bit lower for fire behavior than uh, we would have expected, um, but the smoke can also affect uh, how often that we how we can fly uh, over top of the fire. So uh, there are good and bad aspects of having that kind of uh, smoke cover uh, around the area. But as far as fire behavior goes, it can um, lessen the intensity of the fire um, to some uh, extent. The plan there is just to continue um, with the dozer guard construction and we're building sort of a fire break there around the community and uh, continue when possible uh, with burnout operations, which would just help remove some of the, the fuel that the fire would be using to, to move it closer to the community. So uh, a lot of work going on there to, to help protect communities at risk. Thanks, Christy. Our next question was submitted from Tracy, and Tracy is listening online this evening. And she says, I am from the Ochi's First Nation. Is the province working with the federal government to support affected First Nations? So I'll have Minister Rick Wilson, please go ahead. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, I've been uh, all of the affected First Nations and Métis communities. I, I keep in uh, constant touch with, with their leadership. And I can just say they're doing an amazing job. And we work uh, very closely with the federal government when it comes to these issues. Boris, do you want to jump in and just kind of talk about some of the stuff we've been working on? Sure. Uh, I rest assured that each First Nation has, uh, has their emergency management team directly connected through the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. And at, also at AMA, there are representatives from Indigenous Service Canada. So on a daily, we are checking in. 
uh, on any needs that may be needed in the community, and we will respond through AMA. Thank you so much, Minister, and thank you, Boris, as well. Our next question was submitted by a resident of Fox Creek through the phone, and they ask, has the provincial government reached out to the federal government to see if there is an option to waive the first week wait period for an EI claim? And I'll have my colleague Brad Geddes with Seniors, Community and Social Services, please go ahead. Great. Thank you very much for the question. Um, I think it's important to share that uh, the federal government has set up for uh, a number of different hazards, whether it be flood or wildfire, uh, an expedited process. You can learn more at Service Canada. There's a listing there of the uh, of the options. As well, if you go to alberta.ca slash emergency, uh, there's an option there as well. One of the features of the expedited process is that you can apply before your employer uh, submits their payroll records. And the advantage of that is it does uh, speed up the process. So again, uh, please either check our website at alberta.ca backslash emergency, or please visit the Service Canada website for more information. Uh, the second point I would share is that if you'd like to talk to someone in person at a number of uh, Alberta sports offices, we do share office space with Service Canada employees. Uh, so there's very likely uh, an office close to you or near you uh, if you've been evacuated to another community. I hope that's helpful. Take care. Thanks, Brad. And for anyone who's just joining and would like to join our conversation by asking a question, you can do so right now by pressing star three. The next question was submitted online from Luke. And Luke says, how are the communities that are evacuated being kept safe if nobody is even there? So I'll have Peter Tufik with the RCMP, please go ahead. Thank you for the question, Luke. You know, I, I really wanna start by saying it's pretty natural for people to feel uneasy about leaving property and belongings behind. And I just wanna say that the RCMP is committed to keeping evacuated communities safe and secure. We have, a, we have a number of strategies that we're employing in evacuated communities, um, and uh, they include things like access control to the community by controlling the roads, roving patrols. We have quick response teams to respond to incidents that happen within communities. We have investigative teams that can follow up on investigations and track down uh, criminals and people responsible for crime. We also have a variety of uh, strategies like bait vehicles that we deploy uh, in communities, drones that we uh, have up to uh, help us identify activity in those uh, evacuated com uh, communities, along with uh, static cameras uh, that we monitor. And, and I can tell you that as part of the RCMP contract, we're able to access resources from around the country um, in times of emergency like this, and that really helps us surge in resources to be able to do this kind of work and keep the community, other communities that are not evacuated safe and keep normal policing operations going in, your, in the home communities that are not evacuated. So right now we have 21 resources from British Columbia here assisting us, um, and they're really helping us with that surge capacity um, to help keep those evacuated communities safe, as well as keep the other communities uh, operating in a police response available. Thanks, Peter. 
The next question is also from the online portal, and it was submitted from Brendan. Brendan says, with all this active firefighting in my community, is there any, is there going to be any impact to my drinking water? How will I know the water is safe? So I'll have Dave Brown with Alberta Health Services. Please go ahead. Great question, Brendan. I think everybody can appreciate uh, when there's fires, there's lots of things that are, are in the air and they're washed into a, rivers and creeks and streams. Alberta has a robust uh, health requirement for all large and small public drinking water systems. AHS, Alberta Environment, and our municipalities work together to ensure the water that comes to your home is safe and meets minimum health and standards for chemical and bacteriological analysis. Regular testing of the drinking water is also conducted to alert authorities of any chemical or bacteriological exceedances. Private drinking water can be monitored free of charge by calling your local community health office for sample containers and pickup times. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. And the next question is from Elaine in Rimby. And Elaine says, I want to know what documents they suggest that you take with you if you have to evacuate. So I'll have my colleague Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please go ahead. Hi, Elaine. Thank you very much for the question. Uh, you should be bringing any documents that are important to identify who you are. So I recommend your driver's license, if your Alberta health card, if you have a passport, bring that along. So anything that's going to be able to identify you. Uh, we do provide a fair amount of information on our alberta.ca site. So I encourage you to go have a look at that. So we've created a whole page on what you need to do to prepare to evacuate. I hope this is helpful for you. Thank you. Thanks, Colin. And if anyone has just tuned in and you would like to join our discussion, you can do so by pressing star three and an operator will take your question. The next one was submitted by Jameson, who is listening online. And Jameson says, how much longer will Fox Lake be evacuated? So I'll start with my colleague, Colin Blair from the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Thank you very much for the question. There is still a wildfire that is out of control at Fox Lake, and um, we know that you're still evacuated. The, the community is starting to look at options based upon the situation there to prepare for reentry. So I would stay in tune with, uh, with what is going on on our alberta.ca site, as well as uh, having a look at the Little Red, Little Red River Cree Nation webpage as well. Um, there is a web page that's uh, lrrcn.db.ca. So just uh, be patient and hopefully the, uh, the First Nation will be coming out with some information on reentry soon. Thank you. And I'll check with my colleague Boris Contreras with Indigenous Relations to see if you have anything else to share with Jameson listening online tonight. Yeah, what I could share is we are in active uh, conversations with Chief Sewapegaham uh, throughout this. Uh, we just had a conversation today with the chief, and he still he says that there are there's still lots to do uh, with respect to uh, Fox Lake, and the the most uh, important thing right now is the smoke is too heavy uh, to to even 
look at assessing the area. So he he is committed to continuing his social media account and keeping everything updated. But you can rest assured that our, ourselves at the department and through Minister Wilson, and um, we are staying in direct contact with the chief. Thanks, Boris. The next question is submitted from Pamela, who's listening online. And Pamela asks, in Swan Hills, we are hearing rumors that resources will be pulled off the grisly complex fire and moved to Smith and Hondo, leaving us to burn. Would love to know if there's any truth to this rumor. Are you pulling back those resources? So I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Hi, Pamela. Thank you for clearing up that rumor. I can tell you that, no, we are not pulling resources off of that fire-threatening Swan Hills. We have an incident management team in place, and we have more resources coming into the province uh, every day, and they are deployed where they're needed. They're assigned to priority fires like the one there near Swan Hills. So uh, thank you for the opportunity to quash a rumor. I'm always happy uh, for that chance. And, uh, and I can assure you we are uh, continuing Continuing to fight the fire near Swan Hills with resources available and more coming in. Thanks, Christy. Our next question was submitted from Sandy, and Sandy says, if I run a business out of my home and it gets impacted by the fires, how do I know which insurance to use, my home or my business policy? So I'll have Scott Beebe with Jobs Economy and Northern Development. Please go ahead. Thank you for your question, Sandy. When it comes to the insurance uh, policy that you should uh, consider enacting or pursuing, we would encourage you to speak to your insurance broker or insurance representative to, to determine which coverage is going to provide you with the best support. Thank you, Sandy. And perhaps I'll see if Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada has anything more to add to Sandy's question. Thank you, Sarah. And Scott was exactly correct. So when you have a home-based business, that means that you're operating the business out of your home. If you're under mandatory evacuation order, your first step is your home insurance. You would be reaching out because once you're evacuated, that starts the process for additional living expenses. So that starts the moment you're under evacuation order. So then you would be able to get support and financial assistance for your additional costs. Things like hotels, additional food costs, or laundry facilities if you have to use a laundromat. Your home business insurance policy is typically for your business contents, the books, tools, and instruments pertaining to your business. Depending on the type of business you have, you may or may not have a business income loss. So once you're evacuated, you can start your home claim right away and then reach out to your insurance representative for your business insurance policy to understand what coverage you do have available and what options and process you should be following if there is damage to your business or if you're going to be evacuated for an extended period of time. Thanks for the question, Sandy. Thanks, Rob. 
The next question has come in from Krista, and Krista says, I'm worried about my neighbors who have a lot of different farm animals. Is anything being done to help them evacuate? And what, could, what can they do to help prepare if they have to evacuate? So I'll have John Conrad with the Department of Agriculture and Irrigation. Please go ahead. Yeah, well, Krista, I'm, I'm really pleased to respond to your question. And I really love your concern for your neighbors and uh, that you're thinking about livestock uh, here in Alberta. Um, so we are being uh, as proactive as we can be. Uh, but what is really important in a disaster or an emergency like this is to make sure we're threading our support in an integrated fashion with our provincial colleagues, many of whom you've heard from tonight, and also your local authority, your director of emergency management locally. So I think we have done a, a reasonable job of staying integrated and providing agriculture advice, including uh, the evacuation of livestock and resources that are available to do so. Um, one nifty thing that we've done this time uh, with our traceability system, and to my knowledge, I don't think we've used the traceability system like this before. Um, that's a system that is used for tracing out um, animal diseases when we have um, emergency events of a completely different color. Um, some of uh, the uh, local authorities have been really proactive in reaching back to us and asking us about uh, sizes of herds, locations of producers uh, in, in our various Alberta communities. And my team working through the Provincial Emergency Coordination Center has been able to provide that kind of support uh, to your local uh, director of emergency management. I think the other uh, sorts of things uh, that can be done, first of all, is for producers to be knowledgeable about the resources around them. Uh, really smart to touch base with your local agricultural services board uh, in your various municipalities. We have 69 of them across the province, and they are um, fonts of great um, experience and empirical knowledge about uh, livestock in general, but about this particular crisis and evacuation. I think the other thing to do would be to contact your local agricultural society. They factor uh, in a very large way uh, into um, evacuation and care of uh, our Alberta livestock, which we all have a measure uh, and a responsibility to protect. Um, as, as much as we can. So I think, uh, I, I think that might be it in terms of uh, <clears throat> thoughts I have tonight for you, Krista. But uh, rest assured, uh, as much as possible is being done, um, may not always be obvious on television <laughs> or between the printed line, because the supports we provide need to be integrated. So the appropriate uh, steps can be taken without uh, getting things uh, bungled, uh, for lack of a better term. Probably shouldn't use the word bungled on a telephone town hall, but it's too late for me now. Pleasure to answer your question. Bye. Thanks, John. And thanks to everyone who has contributed a question so far in this town hall. If you would like to join the conversation, you can do so right now by pressing star three on your phone or by entering a question into the online portal. The next question was submitted by Cody online, and Cody says, my nation has significant addiction issues. What is being done to support evacuees who are struggling with addiction? I'm worried about my brothers getting lost in the cities. So I'll have my colleague, Evan Romano, with the Department of Mental Health and Addiction. Please go ahead. 
Hi, Cody. Thanks for the question. And uh, I didn't hear specific nation that you were referencing, but I'll speak in, in broader terms because uh, our, our ministry, as well as Indigenous relations, have had a lot of really direct contact with a number of the the First Nation communities uh, across the province who have been impacted. So in, in, in general terms, but a, a couple communities in particular we're work, working very closely with, we are uh, very uh, first and foremost working with leadership of, of community, working with uh, health directors, with elders and community leadership. I know Minister Wilson has had a number of discussions with, with chiefs and, and leadership but really listening first and, and hearing what specific needs are as, as community members are uh, displaced. I can tell you there is additional capacity that has been created and uh, is in place in, in Grand Prairie and Edmonton at various uh, communities that are welcoming evacuees. Uh, and they do include uh, mental health uh, detox and treatment capacity. We're also very importantly working with the federal government uh, and identifying culturally uh, sensitive and appropriate and linguistically uh, uh, supportive uh, capacity with wraparound supports with that treatment. So Alberta Health Services is offering a lot of those supports, but very closely connected with uh, First Nations uh, supports as, as well. Now, I, I know that uh, populations are moving uh, around the, the province and might be looking for resources in the communities they're not familiar with. So I'd highlight... Um, to reach out, there is a, a very important direct resource to be able to, to connect in for First Nation communities. Uh, there's the Indigenous Support Line, which operates from noon to 8 p.m. On, on weekdays. And I'll give you another line that's 24-7. But the Indigenous Support Line offers very specific uh, support for First Nations people responded to by First Nations community members. The phone number for that is one 844 9444744 or you can reach the uh, mental health helpline which is 24/7 and they uh, can also provide supports uh, for indigenous uh, populations but uh, the mental health helpline uh, by phone is 18773032642 so again, there are a couple resources wherever you are to reach out to, but know that there's a lot of very direct and ongoing work with leadership of First Nation communities to make sure we're responding as a province to support people where they are across the province temporarily. Thanks. Thanks, Evan. The next question comes from Sandra in Edson, and Sandra wants to know, who do we call if we see someone in an off-road vehicle in the field? So I'll have my colleague Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Hi, Sandra. Thank you very much for your question. And you know, we're certainly hoping that people are following the fire restrictions and bans, as well as the uh, off-highway vehicle restrictions uh, this coming long weekend, given the fire conditions. We do have on our alberta.ca slash emergency site a couple of links in there, but uh, the bottom line here is that re recreational use of off-highway vehicles is prohibited on all public lands, including on the designated OHV trails. So I would suggest that uh, if you're seeing folks out there, just make sure that they are on public lands or on designated OHV uh, trails. And if you are seeing people out there, you can report uh, to 310 land, 
So 310-L-A-N-D, but uh, that actually is 310-5263, 310-5263. Thank you for your question. Thanks, Colin. The next question is from Calvin in High Prairie. And Calvin says, are there any water bombers fighting these fires? I have not seen any. So I'll have my colleague, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, please go ahead. Hi, yes, I, I can confirm we have our normal allotment of uh, water tankers as well as a, a few more from our partners in Canada, as well as the US. We have brought in extra resources, including firefighters, but also including aircraft as well to help us fight the fires we have here. Uh, we currently have 22 air tankers uh, plus bird dogs, which are the smaller um, planes that uh, fly in front to help them find their way and their targets. Uh, and we are using them uh, in, when needed anywhere across the province. Um, currently in the Slave Lake area, if you're used to seeing air tankers, or you haven't noticed any, uh, we do have one uh, group with uh, retardant to be able to drop retardant uh, around a fire and, uh, and one skimmer group. And those are the, um, the planes that can collect water from lakes. Um, and then drop it on a nearby fire. So I will say we certainly do have a, a full contingent of air tankers and we are using them on wildfires across the province. If you're used to seeing uh, a lot in one area and you haven't seen so many, it may be because they are, we have widespread wildfires in the province right now. We usually have a wildfire, one or two concentrated in one particular area, but this is an extremely unusual season and we do have fires uh, uh, in vastly uh, different areas of the province. And so our air tankers uh, may be more spread out than they would normally be. I will also say with the smoky conditions that we've been seeing, it may not always be the most effective uh, way to fight a fire. Um, we certainly don't want to put our pilots at risk uh, at flying in smoky conditions, and they may not be able to effectively work as a as an air tanker without visibility. So we certainly do have to watch for that with smoky conditions, but we do have other ways of fighting fire when there is smoke in the air. It just may be that um, fighting them by air isn't the most effective. Thanks, Christy. And thanks to everyone for contributing these questions. Um, we still have time tonight for quite a few more questions in the next 20 minutes or so. If you haven't had a chance or you've joined us late and you would like to participate, you can do so by pressing star three on your phone or entering a question into the online portal. The next one was submitted by John and John says, I just evacuated. Should I be calling my insurance yet? And I'll have Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada to please go ahead. John, yes. In short answer, you should be calling your insurance representative right away. Home, condominium, unit owner, and tenant insurance policies provide coverage for additional living expenses, and that starts the moment that you are placed under mandatory evacuation order. So these additional living expenses, they cover costs over and above your normal expenses for temporary accommodations like hotel for your additional food costs, and also for laundry facilities if you have to use a laundromat. So your insurance policy does provide you with the coverage and it is there to assist you during these difficult times. 
Many insurance companies also have 24-7 claims reporting, or you can also, many companies allow you to report the claim online. So once you're safe and you're settled, you can start that process to make sure that you're able to get the financial assistance that you may need. Thanks for the question, John. Thanks, Rob. Our next question was submitted by Shannon in the online portal, and Shannon says, you often say evacuation orders and other decisions are left to local authorities. How is the province working with affected communities to ensure that we have the most up-to-date information? So I'll have my colleague Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Thank you very much, and that's a, that's a great uh, question. Let me, let me start out by saying that uh, our emergency management system is based on a principle that uh, sees issues dealt with at the most immediate or local level that, that is consistent with the resolution. So we have, through our Emergency Management Act, legislation that empowers the local authorities to be able to respond so they can declare a state of local emergency to get those additional powers. At a provincial level, we have the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre. So we have, at these key nodes, uh, we're able to do coordination because we have many, many people with key roles and responsibilities at the local level, whether that's First Nation, maybe settlement or municipality, and at the provincial level. Uh, so there is direct coordination uh, at the local level, and that is connected in with the, with the province. Uh, we work very closely all throughout the year with our field officers, with the communities to make sure that we do planning and preparation as well as all the key partners that uh, come together when we're responding to events like this. Uh, as far as keeping people informed, there are a couple of places that you can get information. Uh, and I would recommend that you try to make sure that uh, you're seeking your information from uh, a reputable source, whether that be the, the, the municipality, the Maiden Settlement, or the First Nation, or from the provincial level with uh, alberta.ca slash emergency. We also have the Alberta Emergency Alert, and I, I highly recommend people to download that application, particularly if you're on evacuation alert, uh, because that provides invaluable life-saving information uh, if and when the situation dictates. I hope that uh, answers your question. It was fairly long-winded. And before we go to the next one, if I may, it's Brandy Cox, Deputy Minister for Municipal Affairs. So uh, with respect to that question around information, uh, certainly Collins described extremely well the role that the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre and our excellent field offices are playing in connecting with local governments, uh, First Nations and Métis settlements, um, and particularly with the Directors of Emergency Management. Um, but I just want to assure you that we've also got folks in my department, working really closely with local elected officials, as well as um, the chief administrative officers for the municipality. And so we're going to them to ask what additional supports they need, including the types of things that they'd want uh, additional resources on to communicate to their residents. And so that could include, uh, as it did this week, uh, with support that we're doing to, to help as residents return. Uh, we heard from one mayor that uh, she was very concerned about potential price gouging, not that that was actually an issue, 
Um, but she wanted to get out ahead of that and make some reassurances to her residents as they were returning. So we were able to connect both with the mayor as well as her chief administrative officer uh, to provide support around consumer protection. Um, and that was distributed um, in the form of a tip sheet so that as people were re-entering, they would have information on that uh, sensitive issue uh, that they were concerned about. Uh, so that information sharing is going on at all sorts of different levels to make sure that we're providing comprehensive support uh, to all of the folks that, that are helping to address this. Thanks so much, Deputy Minister Cox. And our next question that we have um, was asked by Jason. And Jason wants to know, what is the status of the fire in the Slave Lake area? So I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Hi, Jason. Uh, well, we have a, a few fires in the Slave Lake area, so I'll give you sort of a, a, a bird's eye view. Um, but of course, for more information and detailed information on the specific fires of interest, I would recommend that you go to our wildfire status page. And there you can see the Slave Lake area update. And that will include a lot of information that I won't be able to share here just because of the, the detail. So that's written by our local information officer and they will be there on the ground to be able to collect uh, the best information. So um, the same goes for anyone. If you're interested in, in a particular fire in your area, we do have uh, area updates for all of the forest areas. And I recommend you subscribe to those and you'll be getting those direct uh, to your inbox. Uh, uh, once or twice a day uh, when there's new information to update. Uh, I'll give you an overview though on, on what's happening in Slave Lake area. We have uh, a number of complexes burning uh, right now. We have uh, the Nipissi complex, which is uh, uh, dealing with some smoky conditions. Um, it's, uh, as I have mentioned already tonight, smoke can limit fire behavior, but it can also inhibit our ability to sort of fly over a fire. So uh, we did see limited fire behavior on the PC complex today and uh, crews and equipment are continuing to work the fire, particularly working on the southeast corner. Uh, the Grizzly complex uh, did see some movement yesterday. It crossed Highway 33, uh, did stop at Swan River. And uh, again, smoke in the air lowered the fire behavior and we didn't see any growth towards Swan Hills on that fire. Uh, we also have a complex known as the Salto complex. We have an incident management team now in place. That's the uh, fires around Smith. Uh, we have an intimate management team now in place for those fires and crews and heavy equipment are working on those to uh, protect the community there and protection around Mitsu is ongoing. They're protecting structures on Old Smith Road and uh, the fire has been moving a bit across the road there. But so we have seen some limited fire activity on all of those uh, complexes in the Slave Lake area, partially because it has been smoky and that can keep the activity to a minimum. Thanks so much, Christy, for that detailed update. Our next question was submitted by Phoebe, who's listening online tonight. And Phoebe says, are there free mental health supports available? I've been evacuated for days and it has taken a toll, but I can't afford therapy. So I'll have my colleague, Evan Romano with the Department of Mental Health and Addiction. Please go ahead. Hi there, Phoebe. Uh, and very sorry to hear about the situation that you, you and Mary 
the others are, are in are, are certainly do go out to you. To answer your question, yes, there absolutely are free and uh, low-cost resources that are available for all Albertans, uh, either virtually or where you are in whichever community across the province. Um, I'll point to a, a couple resources, but the, the first and best one to remember is 211, which is a helpline and online database. It's answered by, answered by highly trained specialists, and they'll be able to refer you wherever you are to, to resources in, in your community. You can call or text INFO, I-N-F-O, to 211, uh, or see them online at 211.ca. But they'll be able to refer you to types of supports like Counseling Alberta. And with respect to low-cost uh, or no-cost counseling, Counseling Alberta does offer virtual, uh, virtual counseling services. They do make sure that finances uh, are not a barrier and they'll absolutely uh, accommodate situations where cost is uh, a concern. But by calling the Counseling Alberta at 1-833-827-4230 or visiting counselingalberta.com, you'll be able to get in touch uh, for virtual counseling sessions. And a number of Albertans have already been reaching out. We're in daily contacting, uh, contact with Counseling Alberta. So I would encourage you to reach out to, to those supports. Additionally, uh, where you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, is the Mental Health Helpline. Uh, and that's operated by trained professionals uh, through Alberta Health Services. Uh, and so if you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed and, and just need to talk with someone at any time of the day, you can call the Mental Health Helpline at 1-877-303-2642. So know there are absolutely resources out there. Uh, please do pick up the phone, reach out to, to someone in an evacuation centre or virtually, and, and know that there are people there to help. Thanks so much, Evan. And our next question is submitted from Dawn in Evansburg. And Dawn actually has two questions. One I'm going to answer right away myself. Don wanted to know how do the participants submit a question in the online portal? So Don, if you do want to listen live online, you can find um, the link to listen live at alberta.ca slash emergency. There's a drop down menu that says telephone town hall, and then a link that says listen and ask questions online. It'll launch a new page in your browser, and then, then in there you can just submit your name and type your question, press submit, and one of our experts will see that question and do our best to bring it live into the conversation as quickly as we can. So I hope that helps. And your, Don's other question is, I got a hold of home insurance and started a claim. I've been speaking with neighbors and some are receiving $50 a day, others are receiving much more. Is there a standard amount that insurance allots for an evacuee? So I'll have Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada, please go ahead. Thank you for the question. There is no set standard for additional living expenses. Every family and every person has different needs and is in unique situations. A family of four, for example, would have different expenses than a single person who lived alone in a apartment building. The best thing to do is to speak with your claims adjuster to explain the costs that you're incurring, because remember, the costs for additional living expense cover things like hotel costs, additional food, 
or laundry services if you require a laundromat. So these pieces of information are good to share with the adjuster to make sure that they understand your specific situation. And if you're in financial difficulty, they may be able to provide you with an advance on funding for your additional living expenses as well. So make sure you keep an open line of communication. And remember, your neighbor's situation could be very different than yours. Thanks for the question. Thanks, Rob. The next question is from Brian, and Brian's in Wildwood. Brian says, we were told that we would need to be on watch. Do we still need to be on alert with our bags packed and ready to go, or are we okay? And I'll have Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Hi, Brian. Thank you very much for your question. As you're likely aware, the, uh, the county has uh, issued an evacuation order east of Shining Bank uh, that happened today. It has been expanded uh, to the rail line north of Nitton. Uh, where you're located in Wildwood, uh, while it's not under an alert or an order, I, I would recommend a few things. First of all, I would recommend keeping your bag packed and, and ready to go. And I would recommend keeping in touch with the information that's being provided by the county on yhcounty.ca as well as the uh, as well as our alberta.ca slash emergency site and if you don't already have the alberta emergency alert app downloaded i would recommend that you do that too thank you thanks so much for that colin the next question is submitted from doug and grand prairie and doug asked is the retardant toxic some of it fell on McField. So I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Good evening, Doug. Uh, no, the retardant is not uh, toxic. It's safe to use in the environment. Um, all the chemicals that we use for firefighting go through a rigorous testing and quality control tests through the U.S. Forest Service. And it has been used uh, in both countries uh, for the suppression of wildfires for for a long time. We also use water, uh, which we uh, get from nearby uh, lakes and water bodies as much as we can as well. So uh, we use several tools, but they are all safe. Thanks very much for that, Christy. The next question was submitted online tonight by Amy. And Amy says, the air quality is so bad. Where can I find the most accurate information about the air right now? And I'll have my colleague, Nancy Wu, with Environment and Protected Areas, please go ahead. Uh, thank you, Amy, uh, for the question. Yes, the air quality is pretty bad, and it could also change fast. So the place to find the most accurate information is uh, this website, airquality.alberta.ca. Again, it's airquality.alberta.ca. Ca. Uh, this website provides information using the Air Quality Health Index. It reads the air quality from 1 to 10 plus, with the, the higher number indicating worse air quality. Uh, so, for example, if you go to, uh, I just uh, checked the uh, website, and uh, as of 7 p.m., you know, Edmonton right now, its index is 9, which is high risk. Uh, tonight is 10, and a short-term forecast tomorrow morning is 8. 
we, uh, Alberta Environment and Protected Areas, we have over 200 air quality monitoring stations across the province, uh, and we report current air quality conditions every hour, 24 hours a day. Uh, and in addition, you know, uh, the, uh, we, our government also work with uh, the federal government, the uh, uh, Environment and Climate Change Canada, uh, to look at you know, if there is an air quality event, uh, if it's uh, uh, warranted to issue a special air quality statement. Uh, uh, and that one uh, is uh, when a special air quality statement is issued, it talks about uh, what type of event, event location, if known, what, what is the cause, uh, health information, uh, recommended precautions, you know, and, and link to the uh, AHS uh, website. And you can access this special air quality uh, statement by a number of ways. You know, you can visit the uh, uh, public weather alerts for Canada, and then from there you select Alberta, or you can sign up for EC Alert Me, uh, which is an online tool, uh, and you can download the uh, Weather Can, you know, Weather C A N, Weather Can app, you know, to get the uh, weather alert and notifications. Um, and uh, in addition to that, air quality advisories may also be issued by uh, AHS, Alberta Health Services. And you can check that in uh, from the EC Alert Me that I just uh, mentioned. Uh, right now, you know, uh, the, uh, the special uh, the, uh, the special air quality statement is in effect for most of the province. Um, uh, well, uh, and, and, you know, having said that, smoke will, you know, uh, ebb and flow. So uh, it, smoke from wildfires uh, can occur in very localized areas. Uh, it can fluctuate rapidly, and it may not be detected by air uh, quality stations. So I would say please take uh, precaution and take actions uh, and, and be, uh, be on the alert, right? Protect your health based on your surroundings and sim uh, symptoms. And I'm also wondering maybe if I could ask my colleague at Alberta Health to, to, talk, uh, to supplement this from a health perspective. Thanks, Nancy. Um, yeah, certainly the greatest health risk comes from the small particles in the smoke that can get into your eyes, your breathing system, and your bloodstream. So some tips to lower your health risk are, of course, staying indoors where possible, closing your fresh air intakes, using a humidifier or an air purifier, and turning your furnace fans to a minimum setting. Um, keep yourself hydrated um, and limit your strenuous exercise or activities outdoors. And if you can, close your windows as long as the temperature remains comfortable. But of course, um, we're seeing that it's going to be quite warm through this long weekend. And so just extra caution should be taken when there's a combination of smoke and hot weather. Um, if you don't have air conditioning, consider visiting a, a community center or if you have a shopping mall in your community a library or a store that is air conditioned. So do take care of yourself and check in on your neighbors and loved ones who may be at higher risk as well. Thanks for the question. Thanks, Wanda, and thanks, Nancy, for those responses. Our final question of the evening was submitted from Tracy and Edson. And Tracy says, wondering about the status of the fire in Edson as of today. So I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Good evening, Tracy. Uh, we have seen some increased fire behavior on the Pembina complex over uh, between last night and uh, today. Um, 
In general, all three of those fires uh, start out the day with low uh, fire behavior and then move to more higher extreme during the peak burning period, which is in the evening when the temperature is generally warmest of the day and the fuels, uh, the grasses and vegetation are at their driest. So that's when we tend to see the most uh, activity on fire. Uh, but we have uh, seen a little bit more on the east and southwest uh, portions of the fire, but we do have an incident management team, of course, firefighting crews and heavy equipment uh, working on that fire. So heavy equipment working on, on a fire break with the community there. And we have aerial support as well. That means we have, uh, we have aircraft in there dropping water on the area. So um, some growth uh, because of the conditions that we're seeing at the moment, but we, we do have uh, a significant amount of resources assigned to, to work on this fire. Uh, and so they are going to continue to work through the weekend. Thanks very much for that, Christy. And thank you to everyone for this great conversation this evening. I truly hope that you were able to find the information you were looking for. If you're still looking for information this evening or anytime, I encourage you to visit alberta.ca slash emergency or to call 310-4455. I would like to extend a thank you to Minister Rick Wilson for hosting tonight's town hall, as well as my colleagues from many different governments of Alberta um, departments and our partners in this conversation, specifically Alberta Wildfire, the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Alberta Health Services, and the RCMP. Thanks again for participating. We will be back again tomorrow, Saturday evening, from 7.30 until 8.30 p.m. If you did not have a chance to have your question answered tonight, we encourage you to participate again, and we will try our best to get through as many questions as possible. Thank you all again for joining. Stay safe and good night.